Grief Stories is not a crisis resource. Please seek support from a qualified professional in your area to meet your unique emotional and medical needs. You are listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard, a social worker with an interest in helping people find hope and healing when someone they love has died. In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. Today, we're talking with Krista, whose husband died by suicide. So Krista, welcome to Grief Stories podcast. And I wonder if you could tell us, uh, share with us the story of your loss. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. To start, my husband, Earl, left us almost, I guess, three and a half years ago. It was May of 2016. In life, he had a a large presence, so of course he's left a big void in our lives. Um, In the death of such an exceptional person, it's huge for all the people that knew and loved him. He's so missed. He was kind and modest. He took pride in his accomplishments and had a great sense of humor. He also had an incredible work ethic as a health professional and also in his other work. Um, he had uh, some issues with our new home, so he was hoping to bring changes to the Ontario New Home Warranty Program. But overall, he loved his family. He was proud of them. He enjoyed raising our daughter and then also becoming a papa to her own girls. He was very much respected, probably because of his own respect for fairness. He was almost always on time for his patients and also any other commitments. So in a way, it's almost fitting that he also timed his death as he would his daily life routine. He was always logical, but only logical until he took his own life. Yes. We had talked a lot about um, we've talked a lot about the fact that uh, suicide um, when someone plans suicide they feel like they're being very logical um, but we know that they're really thinking in that in that tunnel vision um, they 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 sometimes um, get lost in that tunnel vision don't they yes they do and you know again I've as we've talked about before he would have never done what he did, if he knew, if he could see, you know, all these years later, how it's impacted my life and those that he loved. Mm-hmm. He, 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 wouldn't, he was a man who wouldn't hurt a fly, literally. He wouldn't yeah. hurt a fly, and he's hurt us so much. I think of him all the time. I, I miss him terribly every day. Yeah, and, and that's one of the challenges you face, isn't it? it in is. terms absolutely. of absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I hate, I just hate thinking that Everything that he was, everything that he knew, he stood for, he worked for, has been wasted. That's that's my biggest challenge. But I know, I know it's not because you can't change the person that he was. He was a good person. He made great contributions. He's left us amazing legacy uh, memories. And uh, people, one another challenge is that people would say early on well remember you know remember the happy times the laughter but really that wasn't great advice because it was so painful so painful to almost relive all the great times that we had together 
Well, you felt his absence so powerfully that um, thinking about those happy times really um, underlined that absence. Yeah, that's right. Well, as, as I've heard before, the greatest grief translates to the greatest love for someone. I think I have that right, <laughs> mm. that expression. Yeah, when we feel deep love, we would feel deep pain in their absence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So some of the challenges that you faced have been trying to sort of um, uh, find a way to fill that absence that he's mm-hmm. left yeah, and and trying to manage other people's expectations, yes. too. Yes, that's right. People want me to um, get out and, and be, you know, a, a part of the community or the neighborhood again. And it, it's really been hard losing a loved one and losing someone like Earl, it's just been overwhelming. You know, I've just been filled with so much sadness, grief, confusion, all those things. My heart's been broken. My life has been shattered. And I think the tragedy is going to be with me, as with his friends and family as well. And yeah. We don't, want, we don't want to look at him and think of him in a negative way. You know, that's for certain. But well, you want to remember that his life was so much more than just his death. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And still there are, there's a lot of un- unanswered questions, you know. And, and I remember early on, not long after after Earl died, um, my daughter and I, you know, we, we kind of discussed what, you know, what do we tell people, what do we do? But we knew, we just knew after a few days when people would ask how he died we wanted to be open and honest about how he died, even if we didn't know why he died. And, and, and certainly, um, honesty and truth, that, that was the way that, that he lived. So we wanted to, to carry that on. Right. So in terms of being honest about the way that he died, allowed you to feel you were being true to him and true to his legacy of honesty and fairness seeking. That's- that's right. Yeah, we wanted we wanted to honor him for sure. And September, I hear, is Suicide Prevention Month. Yes. So it's always important, you know, to bring that awareness to the forefront and uh, help to people to know that suicide should not be stigmatized and needs to be discussed. Right. And so, in doing so, in being honest about the way that he died you are are helping hoping to help uh, other people realize that feeling having those feelings is is uh, something that you can find hope in um, and prevent suicide um, yeah. by being open about it and that's part of what you've been doing yes yeah, you need so to, you need to share yeah so what has been the most helpful things in terms of coping with your challenges? You've got this big absence that he's left in your life. He's got, you've got this um, pressure sometimes or expectations that other people put on you. The challenges that have come up have included really just making your own peace and your mind with it. What have been some of the things that have helped you cope with those things? Probably the biggest thing is talking and don't stop talking about it. Always know that there's someone who will listen, someone who will share with you. It's important, especially if you have to connect with people. Even if you cannot find 
people in your own circle. You know, you don't want to be hurting people. You don't want to be reliving it with them. You don't, people don't want to see you. People you love don't like to see you cry. <laughs> so I found that it's really important to connect with people that are experts. You know, and by expert, I mean even people who are in similar circumstances. You know, I've been in a group, and I needed to hear their stories because I can relate to them, and I learn from them. These people that I've met are, they're impartial, and they aren't afraid. They aren't afraid to upset me, and they aren't afraid if I might even say something that, that would upset them. Discussing with other survivors has been the most helpful because they also give different or new perspectives and therefore ways or tools to cope with, with the loss by suicide. They, they can provide some great insight and certainly, you know, good advice. Even if they don't, um, you know, we don't preach to each other, but we take away things after each session that, you know, you can, you can kind of think of about for the next week or two. And it, it, it certainly makes the world a little less lonely knowing that, you know, there, there's somebody out there that even if, if you want to pick up the phone and call them, if you're having a rough day, you know, that they will be there and they'll listen. Right. You feel connected to those people who really have some um, understanding of what you're going through. Yeah. And yeah. they have a practical understanding of what can help and what doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As opposed to people who haven't had that lived experience yeah. who are maybe very empathetic, but at a, at a loss for suggestions. Yes, yes, that's for sure. And, you know, I have, a, I have a few very close friends, and, of course, my family. They, they can certainly offer. They, they're willing to help, you know, even if just for practical things. But as far as, you know, good, sound, you know, meaningful advice, that's not always, always the best to come from them because, they have, you know, although, although they have my best interests at heart, they, they might sometimes feel that they want me to, to move forward because that makes life a little bit more comfortable for them too. And I understand that. Right. So family and friends have been really helpful in the practical things that they've helped you do, like coming over to the house and, yeah. and doing tasks with you or going yeah. places with you. Yeah, that's right. But they're yeah. really grieving for him, too. Yes, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's harder mm-hmm. for them to provide you that emotional support that your mm-hmm. peer support group mm-hmm. has done mm-hmm. in terms of being a more, a more neutral, safer place mm-hmm. to just talk about the whole range of your feelings. Yes, yeah, that's right. Again, I don't, I don't want to upset people because I know how hard it's been for everyone and, and sometimes, you know, even though no one has ever told me to get over it, I sometimes feel that, yeah, maybe it's time that, you know, I do try a little harder to move forward in their eyes. And, and um, therefore, you know, when I want a little help or I want to talk about something related to, to the suicide, it's, it's often better for me to just, you know, just go elsewhere for that. You're talking about having a healthy boundary in terms of working through your grief and knowing that there are parts of your grief that are best dealt with with family and friends and part that are best dealt with with professionals or your peer support group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that by taking those different parts, different places, 
you get what you need to help mm-hmm. you through. Yes, that's right. And I need to get through. And again, not that I want to, I can't really move on. This is, this is something that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. You know, I'm just slowly learning how to be without Earl and live my life. But it's going to be, it's a long process. It's like I've been pushed onto this bumpy, scary path that I, you know, I was totally blindsided by. I never expected it. But, you know, I, I look at it this way. It's like a, my GPS inside my, my mind or my brain or my heart is always, always recalculating while I proceed. It's, it's very slow, and I'm slow. It's, it's slow and cautious, but it's also adaptive. You're, oh. you're adapting and you're working towards uh, healing yes. uh, slowly but surely mm-hmm. using the resources that you have, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's constantly, yeah, that's a good point. It's constantly adjusting for whatever might come, you know, as a, as a block, you know, in you know, next day, next week, whatever. I, I have many hurdles. I have to jump. It's always adjusting. Not. It doesn't mean that I'm accepting his death fully because I don't think I ever will. I don't think anyone ever can fully accept when someone takes their own life. But you do. You do need to adjust, and that's where you have to be constantly, you know, in contact with with people who care for you, people who love you. Yeah, and those feelings of connections of people who care, people who love you, people who understand have really helped you focus on hope as you've gone through this healing process uh, in the wake of Earl's loss. Yes, that's right. And the people that are in my group, it's very interesting because we've gone along, even though the, the losses were at different times, like, you know, a year or two or three apart, we all seem to be on the same you know, we seem to be progressing in the same manner, which I find very interesting, whether it's just coincidence or just because we've been able to, to um, I guess, lock in or, or help each other along that path. I find it, yeah, it's quite remarkable. And, and you know what? It's very comforting, too, to know mm-hmm. that there's other people out there, certainly, that are are in the same circumstances. You're never, ever alone. Yes, you're not alone. There are people who can understand even something as difficult as suicide loss. And Mm -hmm. finding those people and connecting with them and staying close to your family and friends in a capacity that feels right to you really is a offers you the ability to to hold on to that hope for healing, even if it's sure and steady. That's correct. And yeah. another thing, too, is to realize that you, ha- you now have your own life to lead. And, and for me, it's, you know, my, I often say to myself, often alone but never, but never lonely. I don't feel lonely. I'm still trying to, to live my life whether, you know, I, I, I'm trying to improve, whether I get outside, you know, work in the yard. You need, you need to constantly be, be learning and also in the same time finding you know, the peace and quiet for yourself because, you know what, you're a different person, you have different needs now, you need you need to find the comfort in getting to know yourself again after your loss. Does That's that right, sense? you're you're not the same person you were the day before Earl died, are you? No, that's right. no, yeah, 
Yeah, and this, uh, yeah, and this new you has a lot to explore mm -hmm. as you figure things out in this life and and uh, going forward. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's it's, yeah. it's wanting it's wanting to live and try very hard. You know, there is a good life to live. You just have to you have to work at it. You have to find it, and people will help you find that life. You know, for for me, it's my daughter and my granddaughters. Although it's really sad that. Earl will never see them grow up. That that's very heartbreaking for me. But I I need to to go on for them, really, and and enjoy and try to find happiness in my life through them. So I'm very grateful to have them in my life because yes. I really don't know what I would do without you know my family, my granddaughters, my daughter, and my close friends. Yes. Very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, very difficult time for me. Yeah. And I think that just underscores so much how important these connections have been in your yeah. healing process. Yeah. You know, that's, that is um, uh, so powerful for you to have the connections to your family, your friends, and the people mm -hmm. in your group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Krista. Thanks so very You're much welcome. for sharing your story of Earl with us. And, uh, um, we hope that your healing journey continues. Thank you. I hope so too. And you know what? I think I'm well on my way. There's been, uh, some very dark, difficult times, but I'm, I think the fog is really starting to lift. Although I'm in the same house that we had together, uh, I'm learning to make it, I guess, learning to make it my own, make my own way. And, uh, yeah, just be able to, to do well onwards, upwards, you know, that's, that's really my goal. Not Wonderful. Myself. Well, and, and, and that's a, that's a good goal. It's a worthy goal. And it's one of those ones that, um, uh, keeps you looking forward and, yeah. and, and focusing on the hope, right? Yes. That's, yeah. right. that's so important because I, I often say, if you don't have hope, you really don't have much and, yes. and, and being grateful. Yeah. Those are, those are, those have been key to me. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Krista. Thank you so oh, much. You're welcome. Thank All you. Right. Have a great okay. evening. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard. Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org, for more stories of hope and healing.